Hey there, everyone. I'm Ashley Bullington, and you're watching The Fifth Quarter. Our Friday Night Wrap Show, we bring you the things that are happening around the Metroplex and the high school sports scene. And it's the last Friday of 2019. It's the last Friday of the decade. Oh my goodness, where has time gone? And we're not ready to get into basketball season just yet. Since 2020 starts next week, we can let basketball season come in 2020. So we're going to take it back to last week at an AT&T Stadium. And we're going to bring you the press conference so you can hear more from your nine-time state champions, the Alito Bearcats. Hit me yet, honestly. Now these kids <laughs> may mean they may have a different outlook on it, but as far as, as far as I'm concerned, I, I really haven't even hadn't processed it yet. Coach, um, fourth and three again. You call on Jake uh, to to get you a critical first down. Just to talk about what really just tell me talk about what all three of these guys have meant to the program meant for this year for this championship. Well, I mean we. They've won several state championships. <laughs> they're they're really good kids and really good football players. Number one, uh, but to win, be this group of kids be the ones that win the ninth state championship for our school. It's uh, extremely fitting because these kids have, have worked their tails off. Uh, I think Jake was a kindergartner when we won the uh, when we won it in 2009. Uh, so for him to grow up and watch it all is, is, is very special. Jake, how do you feel about being part of the Bishop Brothers legacy of winning not one but two state championships as a starting quarterback? Uh, you know, it really hasn't kicked in for me as well, but uh, I'm just glad that, you know, my family could, uh, you know, come to Alito and, you know, win some titles. You know, I, I, I couldn't ask for a better community. If I didn't have this community, the coaches, uh, it would never be possible. My brothers would tell you the same too. Coach, I mean, what can you say about Jason McClellan's uh, just dealing with adversity and his ability to do that playing through injuries and all? Uh, it's what I've said all along about this kid. He's he's the most fierce competitor I've ever seen. Uh, whether if he had an injury or it didn't really matter, doesn't matter. He was begging me to put him in on on defense a while ago. I mean, he he loves to win. He loves to win. They don't like getting out of bed in the morning too much, but he loves to win. <laughs> Chase, talk about what this means to you. You guys are so great and didn't even get scored on in two years of middle school. And now you've played and you've played in four straight state championship games, one in three. Is this one of the best ones? Right, it's one of the best ones. You know, it's a 2020 class. We just finished it out. It was the last football game for most of the guys. And you know, it's feel great just to uh, get a state championship. Sad not playing with these guys. Yeah, it's going to be real sad. <laughs> Miss these guys right here. Especially this one right here. Tim, you had that drive in the, you know, in the start of the fourth quarter when you guys really were able to sort of ice that game away and burn the clock. Was that sort of the way you wanted this game to go once you got it in your control? Oh, they were so explosive and so well coached. I mean, they have a great football team. And we knew that we couldn't give them much time or they'd come back and score and score multiple times uh so yeah and, and jake did a great job of managing the clock there uh yeah at one point the, we were calling plays a little bit too fast and he kind of looked at us like yeah we need to melt the clock a little bit don't we and uh, did a great job of, of of managing the clock max i got a question for max everyone said that uh, fort ben marshall is going to come in here and roll you guys over why did that not happen talk about the effort i mean we've been hearing that since week one after the denton guard game you know week after week we've just been slowly getting better playing gap sound i can't be more proud of our defense playing as a whole you know just running to the football you know we knew i mean they were fastest dudes on the field we just kind of stuck in there and just fought 
I'm, I can't be more proud of the dudes. Could you just talk about coming back and getting on the sidelines again? And could this have been what you pictured when you first took over again on the sidelines? Well, I mean, uh, when I first came back, it was because of kids, these guys, getting to be around them. It, the, being around kids keeps you young, keeps you keeps you excited about getting up, going to work every morning. And these kids did that for me. And, uh, you know, you, as far as are we going to win a state championship, you know, we replaced an entire offensive line. And then, as Max said, we had a bunch of new, a lot of new faces on defense. And uh, the, the most exciting thing about it is watching these kids grow and get better every day. I mean, a bunch of people wouldn't give a plug nickel for our defense after the Geyer game. But right now, I think there's a lot of people who love our defense. Jake, Jace, you got anything to say about your offensive line that just got that great push all game long? Best offensive line in the nation. <laughs> Jake, uh, Coach mentioned the secondary was, was tough and fast, but first half you – uh, you know, Money and JoJo really uh, took it to them with three long touchdowns. You know, how are you guys really able to be so explosive in the past game there? Uh, just from, um, you know, working all week, uh, the game plan, you know, running routes, getting our timing down. Uh, Money and jo uh, JoJo are, you know, two great dudes. They work hard and uh, two great route runners. So I know where they're going to be at. Uh, really, all I got to do is throw it to them, give them a chance to make a play. That's what I've always thought. You know, that's my job as a quarterback. So, uh, yeah, I love those two dudes. Chase, was there a point in the game where you kind of felt like you were starting to get into a rhythm and maybe uh, able to put the, the pain aside a little bit? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hold on, can you repeat that real quick? Yeah. Uh, was there a point in the game where you kind of felt like uh, you were able to really get into a rhythm and kind of put the pain aside a little bit? Uh, yeah, second half, you know, uh, when when the locker room, you know, we just got the – I uh, feel like I had to come. Had to feel, uh, I feel like I had to come out, make some plays, and also put the pain aside, and do it for my team. Coach, you want to talk about some players that might not be up here that you want to recognize? Well, first of all, the the defensive player of the game, Demarco Roberts. You know, Demarco's a gamer. Now, I mean, he played he played on special teams. He played tailback for us. Made some great plays on uh, tailback when when Jace needed a break, and then. Uh, holding those guys in the secondary like we did with Nathan Fingar, B.J. Allen. Uh, Colin Johnson has been in the, out for the last two games with the flu, uh, the last two days. Colin Johnson, the number 34, had the flu and played this game, and you wouldn't have known it. You would not have known it. And then, of course, the, the defensive front. Now, Logan Thurman uh, you know, has, has battled uh, a knee injury all year long and came back and played really well for us in the playoffs. So a bunch, bunch of kids. I, I mean, our defense is, is extremely, extremely well coached. Uh, Brad McCone does an unbelievable job. And as Jake talked about earlier, Robbie Jones, our offensive coordinator, best I've ever been around. Yeah, uh, Robbie Jones is, is an unbelievable play caller. Coach, uh, big first half in the past game. Did they make an adjustment there, or did you, did you have a feeling Jace was going to break loose in the second half? The adjustment, you know, you talking about the second half? Well, yeah, uh, Robbie, and, uh, Robbie and, and Coach Bishop saw some stuff that we could, that we could do up front and maybe get Jace loose, and uh, it worked out really well. Congratulations to the Bearcats on their ninth state title. What a run it has been out in Alito. So once again, congrats to those boys in a well-fought game against Fort Bend Marshall. When we come back, we're going to show you some of the biggest dynasties that have happened in the 
Metroplex over the last 25 years. Don't forget to catch our extended coverage of the high school football season each week on the warm-up presented by your local North Texas GEICO agents. We will get you ready for all the action this Thursday on all our social media outlets. Inside High School Sports has been on the air for 25 years. It has been a great run for our show, and we are so excited to be bringing you a special that covers all 25 years of Inside High School Sports football and Inside High School Sports basketball. It's been a great run, but in this next segment, we are going to bring you a package that didn't quite make the show, but goes over the dynasties that we've seen over the years. We begin with what was at the time a small 2A school in North Texas called Salina. Led by legendary head coach G.A. Moore, the Bobcats dominated the high school football landscape from 1998 to 2002. During that span, they won a state record 68 straight games, including four state championships. That incredible run included 25 straight playoff games, and they did not lose a home game for over a decade. From 2002 to 2006, South Lake Carroll imposed their dominance on the high school football scene. Under head coach Todd Dodge and the spread offense, the Dragons went 79-1 and racked up four state titles. During that time, they produced big-time quarterbacks that included Chase Daniel, Greg McElroy, and Riley Dodge. How about the Alito Bearcats the last 10 years? All they've done is win seven of their eight state titles in this past decade. Tim Buchanan and Steve Wood have put together a football factory in Alito. They have the running game locked down as they won four titles with arguably the best high school back Texas has ever seen in Jonathan Gray. In the past four years, Jace McClellan has led the Bearcats to two more titles with a chance to get number three in 2019. Of course, Kyler Murray's run with the Allen Eagles is definitely one of DFW's best dynasties as well. As a starting quarterback from 2012 to 2014, Murray and Allen went 43-0 and won three straight titles. Overall, the Eagles won 57 straight games and cemented themselves as a perennial state power on the gridiron. In the modern era, the Highland Park Scots have staked their claim as the most successful program in North Texas. Highland Park had won the last three state championships before falling to Frisco Lone Star in the postseason this year. It was one of only a few losses over the past four seasons for the Scots due to superior quarterback play that included John Stephen Jones' epic game against Manville in the 2017 state championship. What a great package. You got a couple more chances to watch the special that we have for Inside High School Sports. Check your local listings for NBC5 to see what time it comes on the air. Uh, up next, we're going to bring you some more sound from the state championship weekend as we have the Duncanville Panthers uh, head coach from his press conference talk a little bit about his future. Watch Inside High School Sports to catch this week's MVP, brought to you by GiveMeTheVin.com. These MVP athletes make it look easy, just like GiveMeTheVin.com makes it easy to sell your car. The Inside Story is driven by your North Texas Honda dealers. Right now, they can help you get great deals on award-winning Hondas. It's their job to be helpful, so stop by your local helpful Honda dealer today. And we're back with the fifth quarter. Uh, the Panthers just fell short 
of a state championship once again as they lost to North Shore last week in the 6A Division I state title game. And this is what Reginald Samples and his Panther players had to say after the game. We had a great season. Uh, really proud of the guys. Uh, they played well all year. Uh, North Shore played better down the stretch. We made some mistakes and we couldn't recover from them. Coach Samples, you just want to talk about the way your freshman quarterback came in and, and did pretty well for you for the most part? Oh, he did a good job considering he's a freshman. Uh, I'm really proud of him. Uh, I can't say enough about his work ethic and the time he's put in. And uh, I'm just proud of the way he played tonight. Coach, you talked about how he had to deal with, obviously, injuries from beginning of August all the way through, but to get here to this point and still be in the championship game, Coach. Uh, it's a part of the game. Uh, you're going to have injuries on every level as long as you play football. That's why I'm, I'm really proud of these guys. Uh, we overcame the injuries. We overcame a lot of things that go on within a program. And we're still here in the state championship game. It didn't come out the way we wanted. I'm not happy about that. But I can't help but be proud of the effort that these guys have put in. Coach, what was your reaction when you found out Zach Evans wouldn't be playing for North Shore today? Didn't matter at all. I mean, uh, I can't do anything about what happens with their team. I thought the other running back was real good. Uh, I thought he was, I mean, we saw film, we traded all, all year films, and we saw other parts of the season where he was out. I don't know what was going on, but they never slowed down. They scored 50, 60, 70 points with him. They scored 50, 60, 70 points without him. So we had to prepare for them as a team. It didn't really matter. Chris, Demetrius Davis um, you know, seemed to be able to get out of the pocket a lot tonight and create some opportunities for himself. How hard was he kind of to play against, you know, that dual threat ability he had today? Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, he's going to Virginia Tech, so uh, that speaks for itself. Uh, he played a hell of a game. That's it. So, Quindon, how did you help Chris get acclimated for this week, and then what did you see from him first half, second half today? Uh, I just told him to uh, beat Chris Parson. You know, don't be nervous about the stage that you're on. Just focus and uh, maintain. Savion, you want to talk about the, the year in reflection for you as well? Um, just from the start of when we lost last year, the I didn't feel that bad. Of course, it was a heartbreak, but I just knew that we got to work, and that's what we're going to continue to do. Chris, the, you know, one thing, obviously, this season, you guys' unfinished business was something that was a motto for your team, you know, lock the gates. Um, you know, obviously, as a senior, you guys got this close. You know, but what, what can you say just about the effort it took to kind of finish that business, even though you ultimately weren't able to do it? Just as Savion said, I'm not mad. Uh, I know the work we put in. Uh, somebody's got to win and somebody has to lose. So we put in the work, and we did what we had to do. And uh, God just has another plan for us. Coach, you mentioned that down the stretch, North Shore, capitalized on a few mistakes. At what point did you feel like it started was the most pivotal point for you guys? You know, what What was it? Uh, I thought a couple of things really hurt us. Uh, the drop punt 
really, I mean, that's a, a unforced errors. You can't make unforced errors against great teams. Uh, the fourth down on the goal line, I, I felt like it was a good call. Uh, we just didn't read the play correct. We might have should have gotten outside instead of going inside. But uh, when you play against a team like that, you have to take advantage of every opportunity. And we had a couple of opportunities that we didn't take advantage of, and then down the stretch it hurt us. Roderick, being a junior, you know, obviously this this loss just happened, but you know, how much does it motivate you, you know, to come back next year? It's gonna motivate me a lot. Seeing the seniors' face look like this, that ain't like the way I wanted to send them off to graduation. But everything's happened for a reason. I just know I had to try to do my part and kind of pick up the slack from Jaquinnon, knowing he's not playing here a big part in the offense. Just have to do the best I can do whenever I get my opportunity. Jaquinnon, obviously, you didn't get a chance to suit up. You know, last game senior year. I mean, didn't get a chance to play. Just, just how hard was it to having to watch this game? Uh, it was real hard, you know. As I kind of figured out and found out how Kendrick felt, because you know Kendrick was out on the AC, ACL um, too, so it was hard and it was heartbreaking uh, the way it ended too. So, can you talk about your senior class um, back to back state finals? Um, you know what's kind of brought Velcroville back to the map, you know, in football. Well, you know, I can't say enough about these guys. First of all. Uh, without football, without talking about football, these guys, uh, Chris is a academic all-state football player. Jaquindon makes straight A's, very little B's. Uh, this senior class, I think we, what, they are 40 and two or three, 40 and three, and I mean, they put the Duncanville back on the map. I'm, I'm really proud of them. Uh, you know, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, we've had to piece things together. I mean, we've got some areas like we started six sophomores today. And uh, I thought they did a good job. But the reason that they do a good job is these guys, these seniors and these juniors, they're the backbone. And they show leadership. Uh, they show character. And uh, I just can't say enough about them. I mean, uh, of course, we're going to be proud and watch these guys go on to college. But these are pretty two talent, pretty talented juniors that are sitting here beside me. So I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm, uh, you know, I won't get down because uh, uh, we feel like we plan to be right back sitting here next year, but maybe in a different lot, in a different setting. Coach, I mean, how hard is it to go through 16 games last year, have to come back, go through 16 games again? I mean, what is that grind like? Well, it's, it's, I can say it's, it's very hard because now I have to look at the fact that uh, we're going through a whole year and we're down to one game, two quarters, and what I'm left with is another year of hard work to try to get back again. But on the other side, you can look at it as half full or half empty. The half full is the fact that I'm going home for Christmas. I don't have to go back to Duncanville. We've taken care of half of a year playing football, and that's great. <laughs> My, half of the year is gone. So we're looking at eight months, and we'll be at it again.
And that's what we plan on. That's the fun thing. We've, we've gone through half the year, and now we're going to go home for a break. And so, I mean, that's uh, a country saying, I'm in hog heaven. <laughs> Coach, you want to talk about the support you've gotten from your son and, and your, you know, your grandson, you, you know, just the support you've gotten from your family? Well, uh, these guys are my family too. But, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, I love football, I love these guys, I love winning. But, you know, there's another part of life that's going on outside of these walls, you know. And all of it is not, you know, if you watch the news, all of it is not good. So I'm just happy to, to, to be here. I have a healthy family, have healthy players, Jaquindon's uh, diagnosis. We found out a day after I gave him a grave diagnosis that it wasn't as bad as it was, we thought it was. So he has a great opportunity to uh, uh, get his surgery and actually be ready to play in the fall. So it's a lot of things going on that I'm happy about. Uh, you know, I, my philosophy is this. I know that these guys gave 100%. I gave 100%. What else can I do? Reginald, have you given any thought about not coaching next year? Or is, are you planning to coach next year? <laughs> Man, I'm having fun. I, if I quit, I'll be coaching Little League somewhere for free. So I, I'm not, uh -uh, not at all. Coach, not at all. what do you think, just watching from afar, what do you think that uh, North Shore's quarterback, uh, how was he different last year versus this year? He wasn't any different. He's a good athlete. He's a good player. Uh, we... Uh, of course, I felt like if I had this young man behind me, we'd have a, a lot, a better chance. <laughs> and, uh, but it is what it is. I, I can't change it. He's a great athlete. I can't take anything away from him. Uh, he makes their team go. Uh, I think we calculated he scored 20 touchdowns this year. That's a lot of productivity. So I, I don't do anything but respect the job that not just him, the, they're a talented team. They got a lot of good players on that team. And I felt really good that we went right down to the fact that we could have tied the game and made some mistakes. And, uh, but we turned it around and they fumbled and we had a chance again. So just when you play teams like that, you gotta take, it, you gotta take advantage, advantage of your opportunities. We didn't do that. You can catch highlight and sound from these games all tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. on NBC5 on Wingstop Inside High School Sports. It's going to be a really good show. We have some basketball mixed in there, but we're going to bring you all that happened at AT&T Stadium last weekend. It's going to be a really, really good one. You don't want to miss it. I'm Ashley Bullington. Thank you so much for watching the fifth quarter.